Welcome back to The Creative Herd. On this episode, I got to chat with Luke Raum, who actually just dropped his first single today called Sacrifice. You can go listen to it right now on all streaming platforms. And on December 10th, he drops his first EP. Throughout the episode, that's pretty much what we talk about, uh, his process for the EP, for writing, uh, and where he got his start in music. And we dive into a little bit about, um, you know, just kind of dropping off and working on your craft and going ghost and then coming back stronger and kind of the importance of like honing your craft before putting it out. I hope you enjoy it and let's get right to it. My name is Luke Rayom. I'm, you know, a rapper, producer, uh, a little bit of a singer. You know, it's something I'm working on, but uh, I still need auto-tune for that. That's for sure. <laughs> and um, I think definitely I would mostly identify with a rapper because, I mean, I I didn't get into rap till I was like, like really into rap till I was like 13 or 12 or so. And, and then I got back into it again when I was like in grade 12 or so. But and when I when I got into it in grade 12, that's when I really started going like really hard into to hip hop. And like from like 2012 to like 2017, I honestly didn't listen to anything but hip hop, basically, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, there was definitely like a little bit of, you know, some Anderson Pack in there, you know, some like uh, broken social scene. Like I still have like a few of my favorites and stuff. Good on. But uh, yeah, I straight up like was just listening to hip hop and rap. And I definitely would say I got a real strong hip understanding of hip hop and rap, like I've listened to grime rap, like the UK style shit. I've listened to like boom bap. I listened to trap. Like I listen to everything, you know. Damn, that's crazy. Okay, hit me with hit me with like top top musical interest then in those in those past in those past years. In the past years, okay, so yeah, that's definitely a fun one for me, um, because like I literally I think I am a good example of someone who listens to everything and has been through every r- musical road, yo. Like, <laughs> so like I, like, I grew up, like, second I was born, yo, I was dancing. I was just rolling on the ground nonstop, just dancing. Like, my parents <laughs> put me in dance studios when I was, like, two or three years old, yo. Like, and, like, dance studios, bro, and, like, dance studios, dog, were my life until I was, like, 10 years old, I swear to God. Like, I was a competitive dancer and everything, yo. Wow. Um, straight do like tap dancing like i can i can do it all yo <laughs> you still dance though but uh i you know i have a little like board that i tap danced on like two years ago i was kind of getting back into it a little bit um but yeah i would actually definitely say like a year ago i've started like just dancing in my room a lot more like just doing little boogie stuff just because i'm just seeing like uh like on tiktok you know how big that platform is <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like yo i can dance better than like 90 percent of these people so <laughs> dude and tiktok as well too is totally like the next big thing like braven's just just getting on it now and i mean he's telling me he's posting a tiktok and two days later it's got 400 views like, you know what I'm saying? He has no followers on TikTok. That's nuts. Like, that's, yeah, it's honestly, it's it's just very young and totally is really good if you're trying to promote your music on there, I think. So you think that's, like, the the next big thing, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I mean, you know, social media right now, I think uh, we're really starting to see its first kind of decline of it. People are, you know, Instagram has cut our organic reach down, um, and the initial hype that our generation had with social media is starting to go down. I think people are caring about it less and the younger generation is getting more interested in other social medias, you know, like uh, Snapchat and, you know, these other things. Mm-hmm. 
So I definitely think, you know, the social media game is changing up big time right now. And yeah, TikTok is going to be a major player in that. Because the one thing that I realized that TikTok honestly just did way better than Snapchat and everyone else is their filters. They just have crazy good filters, dude. True. That is like, true. And like, you know, little backgrounds and like green screen stuff. And like all the stuff you can do like that. And that's the stuff that the teenagers saw and just got hooked on mm-hmm. for it's sure. It's like instant, instant good edits almost exactly you know it's honestly pretty crazy what you can just do on there it's weird too because like now i feel like our generation is like you know when facebook kind of like took it by storm and then all of a sudden it was just like only your parents and like grandparents are using facebook all of a sudden I've, yeah yeah when instagram came <laughs> yeah, i feel like we're there now and 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 we are like the old generation with like just using instagram Totally. I mean, I still think Instagram is still, it's still the top platform. Like the younger generation is still using it, you know? But yeah, we're definitely seeing, you know, uh, totally a very similar thing that would happen with Facebook, how Facebook was kind of that first premature death of social media. But I mean, it was just the first ever social media platform, right? So that is, yeah, that's true. So you're going to hop on there and, 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 uh, promote some fucking oh yeah music. yeah honestly next week i'm gonna make start making tiktoks like i've just been honestly just digesting it tons right now and just making sure i understand what i want to do mm-hmm. and uh, how to make good tiktoks and yeah i'll be on tiktok very soon <laughs> check out braven's tiktoks while you're at it too brva <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up like dancing and obviously in turn listening to music and, and shit like that um so yeah. obviously that influenced you how did you get into hip-hop when you were so young i guess i guess dancing had some some influence on that too yeah definitely i mean uh, so i in dance studios i only did tap jazz and ballet up until i was in grade up, up until i was 10 years old mm-hmm. and then when i was 11 that's when i started hip-hop dancing like i got put in the hip-hop class in the dance studio right and that was definitely my first like time I heard I really started hearing Eminem and like 50 Cent. Like I had heard them on the radio before, but my parents definitely told me, "Oh, don't listen to that rap music, you know? Just keep listening to your like Grease soundtrack and your NSYNC." <laughs> <laughs> like straight. And um so yeah, so I got ex- exposed to some guys like that and Joe Bud and Pump It Up. That was a huge one for me, yo. <laughs> Um, but then when I was in grade seven, uh, my older brother got LimeWire and he started just downloading all his music onto the family oh, computer. Man. And then I started just listening to all of his music. And so I'm like 12 years old, dude. I've literally gone from NSYNC and Michael Jackson to now I'm listening to like Diplomats, Wu-Tang, Jedi Mind Tricks, like shout out Lime Purple Wire. City Bird. Like, <laughs> shout out LimeWire, yo, the biggest legend in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like it was crazy for like... My, my uh, understanding, I became obsessed with it, it immediately, you know? Just like uh, listening and finding new new music? Yeah, because, you know, like my whole life as well too, like I was always a dancer, but I, I also was very big into writing. I used to write short stories when I was a kid and I used to write tons of song lyrics, you know? Uh, and I was always very interested in the lyrical side of music, for sure. Like when I listen to songs, like when I'm dancing, I'd always be lip syncing. So I guess that was it when I started hearing rap and just hearing all the crazy flows, the complex words, you know, and, and like ridiculous rhymes and stuff. It just blew my mind as a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So you were you were listening to stuff that actually had like con like context rather than today. It's just like they literally pick like 10 words and like that's the entire song. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, back then, I, I don't know if uh, hip hop was that much better in the mainstream. But but yeah, because I, I, I wasn't listening to mainstream hip hop back then. I was definitely listening to like real underground guys, you know, like mm-hmm. Jedi, like at, like atmosphere and like mm-hmm. like just 
you know well, what I'm saying? He, he, it's not like he's just like going in a loop. Like he's telling us, like specifically atmosphere. Like he's telling a story. He's going through, like he's going through things, and it's all like a crazy yeah, flow. Yeah, and that definitely just you know fascinated me as a kid, and I just became set. And that's when I first started rapping as well too. When I was about twelve, thirteen, when I discovered that stuff. What are you listening to now nowadays? Nowadays, oh god, man, I'm listening to everything nowadays, yo. Like straight, like. So yeah, like after I did, became a rapper, like yo, I got into like death metal and stuff as a kid. So like I'll still listen to death metal, bro. Like job for a cowboy, what's good? <laughs> like, bro, so job, bro, I'm telling you, find someone else who listens to Michael Jackson, job for a cowboy, kill a sin, and like yo, like that's uh, craziest stuff. But but yeah, now I listen to definitely a lot of um, a lot of Quentin Miller. He's a rapper I'm pretty fond of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, Cool G Rap, a lot of like you know, a lot of like just legendary guys like Cool G Rap, Black Thought. Recently, the past six months, I've started getting really um, obsessed with like seventies and eighties like jazz music and like some like Italian and Russian composers and stuff. Dope. Yeah, like I just found this YouTube channel called uh, Ricardo Morania, um, and he just posts like samples. And I and I follow some few other channels that post like just like samples of like old music. But this one dude, Ricardo Morania, yo, I'm telling you, everything he posts is a straight. 10 out of 10 song like it's and like just the most random guys like uh piero ulamani stelvio cipriani like you ain't never heard of none of these guys yo i literally don't even yeah i have no idea I, I tell you bro i'll show it to you after and you're gonna be like what the heck is this music dog like the changes like like every single song bro is like full like strings trumpet brass like all the instrumentation and all of them and it's like yeah i've been looking for music like this yo. that's actually really cool and Obviously, it sounds like you've had like a pretty big appreciation for music and writing since you were like super, super young. Yeah. Um, when did you st- when did you start to realize be like, oh fuck, like maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll try to like uh, make a song or like write a song. Good question. You know, I mean, like I said, my first song I probably wrote that when I was like like seven or eight years old. I remember when I was like at recess, bro, I would literally get like a few of my friends and I'd be like, all right, dude, you're going to do the drums and like just get them to go like, and then bro, I get my next friend and I go, okay, dude, you're the guitar. Go down now, now, now. And then like, I would be singing, bro. Like I was making a band my entire life. Yo. That's hilarious. <laughs> but um, then when I was like, you know, um, Let's see. I guess we're like, and then, you know, I wrote, like, music's always been very important to me. I've always been rapping and trying to imitate it. But when it first started getting serious, I guess, was maybe when I was, like, in grade 11, I definitely started, like, writing songs all the time then. That's when it first became, like, every day, every, like, other day I'm writing a song all the time. True. And then uh, probably in, like, 2012, um, I got really into poetry, and then uh, I, you know, trying to sell it and I wanted to sell a poetry book but then I was looking at selling poetry books and that was just not gonna work out so <laughs> you're like straight no one buys poetry books so I started rapping and that's what kind of brought me back into rap and that's when I guess I'd say um rapping started becoming really serious because I just got out of high school you know mm-hmm. so I was like yeah this is what I'm doing now right mm-hmm. I feel like if you get into to writing especially like writing poetry you're gonna you're gonna at some point loop loop back into like bringing it back into the hip-hop world 
Um, Especially too, because like my style of poetry, I always liked um, rhyming poetry and poetry with meter. Like I was really into like uh, Edgar Allan Poe and like Shakespeare because I liked that they used meter. And like new poetry is just all about the ideas, and they just they don't care about the spoken word version of poetry. And even like spoken word poetry, when I hear it, I'm like, dog, your spoken wordness is just you acting out and getting angry. Like the spoken, <laughs> like you, the way you wrote this doesn't sound cool. There's no flow. There's no nothing. It's just you going. And me and my guys, da, 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 da. and I'm like, bro, I don't care. So you're, are uh, you a big person for like, like shit's got to have some good flow then? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, more important than flow though, I am all about content for sure. And, and then I guess that's what frustrates me about poetry is that I feel so many poets have no content and no flow. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what am I here for, dog? I mean, That's actually like, true. it's just why, like, like you know, like, someone of poetry is just complaining about my problem, and, you know, and people have genuine problems, you know, it's not trying to put down people's problems at all, but then that's it, you know, it's just, I grew up poor, and I'm poor now, and I hate it. You know, it's like, great, well, you know, can you help me with my poordom? Because I'm poor, and I, you know, would need some help with that, and just hearing you're poor isn't really helping me watching you complain and be angry about it true so you you want you want more to the story that that's your yeah yeah i get that definitely i i'm all about you know the moral of the story i'm all about that for sure what did the story teach me true what was the point of this story you know right on right on i feel that like like i uh, you know one artist i listen to a lot now is gil scott heron um who uh someone who was doing a lot of music in the 70s and 80s i believe Mm-hmm. And um, if you listen to his music, I mean, it's all substance, substance, substance. He has this one song called um, We Almost Lost Detroit. And it's about in the 1970s, there was um, a major power failure at a Detroit um, a power plant or one that was just outside of Detroit. And it literally was like this close from blowing up and you would have lost all of Detroit, you know. And it's kind of him talking about how the energy we're using is not fully safe. We, we haven't, you know, foolproofed it yet. And what are we doing, you know? Damn. That's what I'm here for, yo. I'm here for some real hard-hitting points, dog. Not just you complaining about your sad and like, You're like this is this is real. This shit happened. Exactly. Have you yeah, seen yeah. Have you seen Chernobyl? That show Chernobyl. Uh no. Sounds in- like I know Chernobyl, so it sounds interesting. And they, um, I fucking forget who put it out. Uh, but that that story reminded me of it, and it's actually really crazy. Totally, it's same instance, yo, and like almost the exact same thing basically happened to Detroit, you know. Yeah, that's a, that would be too nuts. But uh, And that's kind of the big point is that you look at Chernobyl. Like, I mean, Chernobyl, I'm pretty sure, was like a, a city of like maybe 50,000, 60,000 people. I could be wrong. Right. You know, like, Detroit de- like right next to Detroit. So <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Gil Scott Heron. I fuck with him. He's sick. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look it up for sure. Um, when, did you, when did you start writing your first, your, like, your, I guess, getting digital or however you started first back in like 2012 if you're writing a bunch like when did the other side of music come in like yeah, producing yeah. so um yeah i guess i started playing uh i started you know i got a drum set when i was in grade six and then when i was in grade nine i got a guitar and then i started writing songs on my guitar after that oh, okay um, so you already you were already like playing instruments yeah 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 definitely and i i got you know all right a guitar you know i can like finger pick and like play some like kind of interesting chords i'm um, not anything special though that's for sure <laughs> but um yeah so then around 2012 uh was when i started uh, forgoing poetry and going into rapping and I remember at Christmas, I got a bunch of like Long and McQuaid gift 
uh, certificates and then I went I bought a microphone a little thing I could record and I started like recording my raps I think I'd honestly like started writing raps maybe just two three months before then at the time so I probably wrote like maybe 20 30 raps recorded like four or five of them and I was getting pretty mixed responses with a lot of people um, so yeah I guess you could say you know I started uh, you know putting a digital and recording right away but I got a lot of mixed responses and a lot of it for sure wasn't just um, my uh, skill level but was the recording you know I wasn't very good at recording mm. so um, I also as well too knew though that I wanted to be a really good rapper you know I didn't want to just rap I was like yo I want to be like legendary at this shit you know I want to be like a cool G rap I want to be like a black thought you know yeah. So that that's honestly when I was like, yo, I'm going like crazy ghost and I'm just going to write every, like all the time, you know? And you know, there's definitely, so that was 2012 and then I didn't record anything until 2015. A solid three years, like dude, I literally, those three years probably wrote like 400 songs. Wow, like, that's actually Oh yeah, dude, bro, dude, I'm telling you, yo, like, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm someone who my friends ask me to hang out and I'm always like, nope, I'm busy. Sorry. And they're like, why? I'm like, I'm in my room writing a song right now, you know? And like people get cheesed. They're like, what the fuck? Luke's just being so lame, yo. But it's like, you know, it's what you got to do. It's, it's what I know I want yeah. and it's what you got to do. Right. Yeah. You really got to like, you got to focus or you're, you're never going to get there. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. And then back in 2015, I started recording again um, and I put a few songs out but then I discovered grime music in 2016, and that's kind of when I then started going to a studio and getting really serious about music. I'd say when you back in 2015, and when and what what like flicked that that switch that you're like, all right, I'm going into oh, a yeah, studio. Oh yes, sorry. Um, it what it really what it was was I discovered a new genre of rap called grime music, which is um, you ever you ever listened to like Skepta at all? Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like Skepta, he does grime pretty much. I mean, uh, his newer stuff is maybe like washed down grime a little bit, some people say. But um, but yeah, like that style of rap and stuff. And he, Skepta was the first person I discovered. And yeah, I, I heard the song Man by Skepta, and I literally listened to nothing but that song for three days straight. <laughs> Dude, I was obsessed with that song because like when I, when I heard it, how I would describe that song, you know, it's got... It's like the drums are like trap music, you know, that's what I thought. I was like, okay, it's got like some cool like 808s kind of like trap music, but then the melody's like dark and like like I described it, it's like, bro, it's almost like some basic jazz loop, like you know like you know Fall in Love by Slum Village or something, but then like metal or something, you know? Like, like I don't know, it's like mad dissonant and like distorted melodies and stuff. And the bars, the bars were just super hard, packed with flow and packed with aggression and anger. And like, and a lot of uh, grime music as well too. The anger in it is kind of you know anti-establishment. I mean, it's a UK form, right? So it's got that you know that punkness that UK always has. You know, fuck the Queen and shit. Mm -hmm. um, so that's very into grime, and I'm totally very much anti-establishment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you identified with that? Oh, definitely. Like I heard grime, man, and it just set my soul on fire. And that's when, and that's when everything changed. I like became obsessed with it. Wrote like six grime songs immediately. It was like, dog, I gotta get these recorded. I gotta go to find a studio. And then like Braven told me about some dude, and I went hit him up. And like that's pretty much been it ever since then. 2016, I've just been going crazy with music. I'd say. And that's and that's what you've been recording basically. Uh, like well, grime. actually, no, actually, I've <laughs> I've left grime. I'd say uh, definitely the past four years, like since 2016, has been the most. Um, 
versatile in my songwriting because this is when I've been doing the most recording. And the thing I immediately started realizing when I started doing recordings was that I'm a fantastic songwriter. I'm not a fantastic recording artist yet because I haven't been being a recording artist. I haven't been working on my voice, making sure I get the emotion at the right spots, you know? Uh, okay, okay. So there's like a whole nother, a whole nother level and world in that shit. Totally, totally. So um, I definitely started experimenting with a lot of different styles. And um, the other thing too, why I guess um, I stopped doing grime music was uh, grime back in 2016 and 2017 was having a kind of a big pop over here. It was the first time really anyone over here uh, had heard of it. And um, it, it's kind of died off now. And I started seeing it dying off. And I just felt, I think it's going to come back in the future. And I wanted to wait for that is what I decided kind of. Right on. That's um that's trippy. So those never really saw like where do those tracks go? I probably recorded maybe about ten grime songs. Um, uh, but te- actually no, I definitely recorded more. Fuck shit, I definitely like fifteen or twenty grime songs. I wrote though like a hundred grime songs, and the last fifty grime songs I wrote I didn't record. So yeah, there's a lot of good grime stuff that's gonna come out later, yo. <laughs> Just put it away. Put that in the vault. Oh, dude, trust me. Like, I'm going to post a story or, like, a post on IG later showing everyone, like, all... Because everything I write, I write on paper. I don't like writing on my phone or on the computer. So you can physically see how much I wrote. And, bro, it's all your university notes, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all your university notes equates to everything I just wrote, dog. That's jokes. So you you only straight up just paper. Uh, Yeah, just paper. Uh, You know, when I was really young, I used to use um, my... uh, a computer because you can type faster for sure pencil it takes slower to get the idea out but what i like about pen and paper is um i can just scratch something out easily and i can write on the side margins just very easily mm-hmm. and you can think too as you're writing exactly i mean you can still like you know write your ideas down at the end of the page but then it's just kind of annoying when you're going up and down up and down and then you have to copy and paste it and stuff you know it's mm-hmm. like it's really easy for me when it's like hey i'll just scratch this out and then if later i decide i want it i don't care to read write it again i just like you just read through the thing i scratched out you know what's your like um creative process through through that like what how do you actually like come up with a song or like come up with uh, some form uh, of writing so i definitely uh f- for the long time always started with the beat because um it, it just makes more sense that way right everyone says that you start with the foundation beats are the foundation of the song okay and are, are you making like are you making those beats yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, in 2012, um, when I got that program to start recording myself and my voice, I also had, like, some loops on there, and I started making loops stuff and whatnot and uh, playing on the piano a little bit making drums. But then around 20, at the same time, 2012, 2013, uh, the YouTube producer, like, scene just started blowing up, and tons of people were posting their beats on YouTube, and that's when I stopped actually producing because, like, there was just so many high-quality beats that were free for nonprofit use on YouTube. It was like, why am I going to spend time, like, an hour, we're making this beat when I can go get like a hundred beats in an hour, you know. <laughs> True. So True. Um, valid, valid. Straight. Yeah, and, to- and totally. I mean, like, the YouTube producers, bro. There's some insane guys on YouTube, right? Like that's where Cash Money AP got his start. And like now, look at where he's at. Look at that one song, the the um, Old Town Road or whatever. A- exactly. Well, that's like- not Cash Money. That's um a producer that after that song blew, Cash Money signed Young Keo. That's crazy. And it's yeah. just like he just put that out for like whatever. And yeah, and that's the same thing, right? Like he was just on a BeatStars, which was a platform I was selling my beats on as well too for a little bit. However, uh, back to like the producing thing. Now um, 
I am mostly producing everything um, in my songwriting process. I've, I've forgone the, uh, the YouTube thing because what actually happened was I was writing a song called Sacrifice and um, after and I was I was writing it to some YouTube beat and then after a week the dude deleted the um, song and to put it in perspective why I was so angry I only wrote 16 lines and I spent like three hours every single day writing Whoa. Uh, every for a whole week and I only wrote 16 lines I never worked so hard on 16 bars in my life dog wait did you didn't just download the or are you just streaming uh, it? No, I, I, I was just streaming it on YouTube. I, you know, because I just had a safe folder. I didn't bother, you know, going to YouTube convert it or anything. Yeah, and then this guy just yeah. took it down. And then he just took it. He sold it, right? So oh. he's like, yeah, I'm taking it. Exactly. It got sold. And that was when I started producing beats again because I went, dude, I worked way too hard on this. I was like, I can't keep having this. And as well, too, the music, I mean, from 2012 to 2017, music's changed big time. You can make really, 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 really simple beats now, and they become top charts, right? Mm-hmm. Which, like, back in, like, when Drake blew, that wasn't a thing at all, you know? No, no. So, that, so like, that started making me think, you know, I was like, bro, I can just start cooking up my own beats. And, uh, yeah, that's what kind of led me back onto this beat-making journey was that song Sacrifice that was writing that. The guy took it down, and then I went, Bam, got to make my own shit. And you already, like, you've already been making beats. You already knew how to, and you just said uh, you were already, set, like, selling them. Um, uh, I wasn't I wasn't selling beats at the time yet. No, I had just made beats for myself. And I, I knew how to make beats, but I definitely wouldn't say, like, I was a very good beat maker at all. I was definitely very amateur. Um, so that's and I, and when I was you more, dove into it and were like, all right, I need to, yeah, I need yeah. to figure this shit out. Yeah, like I was always decent at sampling, I'd say, um, but I wasn't very good at piano. My piano wasn't very good. I was good at guitar, um, so I had to definitely get better at my piano and even just my songwriting in general, you know, like working with a flute on a piano like uh, has just improved big time in the past like three years, two years. Right on. And that was, sorry, you started because I know Sacrifice is part of your current EP. How long has, how long has that been in, in the works? So yeah, like the original song Sacrifice that I wrote, um, uh, the lyrics to that I wrote in 2016, like uh, June 2016 or something like that. And then the recorded version that is coming out on December 3rd, uh, I recorded that in 2017. So it's a pretty old song for sure. Damn, you've just been, just been hiding away. <laughs> yeah, man, straight, yo. So when did you, so you you got yourself up to par and like producing and then put started putting your shit out online for people to buy and then you were just you got over it that as well you're like i'm gonna uh, keep this stuff for myself yeah yeah um so i i was producing a lot um because i mean i didn't even really start like selling my beats like planning on doing that i was just making beats for myself originally right like that's the purpose of me producing mm-hmm. But then when I started uh, going on YouTube tutorials, like watching tutorials on how to make beats, how to, you know, do this on your program, yada, yada, I started seeing and being involved in the uh, online producer scene and really seeing at how booming, how new it is and how capable selling your beats online really is nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Like, I know, I watched this one YouTube channel go from zero to 2,000 followers and I've seen other YouTube channels go from 2,000 followers to 200,000 followers in six months. Like, both these guys, you know? Damn. So I'm just like, you you know, it's it's super possible. What a time, man. What a time. (laughs) Seriously, right? Like, we we live in, like... 
an unprecedented era. You know, mm. I mean, there's tons of, you know, sure, there's tons of things that we're being oppressed with, you know, yada, yada, yada. But we still live in a time where we have so much opportunity, you know, if you live in America, mm-hmm. in the Americas or whatever, Canada. But yeah, so uh, I, I was producing and I was just seeing it how, how crazy the money was. Honestly, I was just seeing guys making money and I was like, damn, I want to make money as well, too, you know. And so, yeah, I, start, I started selling my beats and, you know, it was decent. I was like, I went pretty decent for like four months and I sold about five beats. Um, three of those licenses that I sold were with a collab. Um, and the guy that I collabed with, he's actually the guy that I saw him go from zero to 2,000 uh, followers. And um, literally it happened to him in like one month. Um, he just posted a six nine video and it got six hundred thousand plays in one month and like that was it, right? That's and he said and like yeah and like he then he was telling me as well too he's like yeah bro like this video blew and now I just made like three hundred fifty bucks this month next month he made like five hundred bucks like just like it sounds so simple but it's it's not it's well that, here's the thing too I'll put it in perspective um so he had been posting consistently uh for like a solid like year like every single week he's posting like two three be- beats a week right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, advertising is another thing to get on. Like, and uh, the other, another thing as well too, which uh, beat producers maybe don't realize, you gotta have good beats. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's it's something, but I don't know. In the creative thing, I see I see a lot of creatives. Honestly, like 60 percent of creatives in tons of fields that are like, man, why is no one asking me for my pictures? Why is no one, you know, hitting me up, you know, to do this? Why is no one? It's like, dog, because have you seen your work? It's not. The craziest shit. Yeah, consistency. You know, you know? Consistency can only get you so far. Exactly. But exactly. Like, realistically, it's also there to help you like learn and grow. So like, yeah, be consistent. But like to your mm-hmm. point, you can be consistent like behind closed doors. Like you can just go away, be consistent, and come back and be like, boom. Here's what. Here's like who I am now. Like I fucking learnt my shit, and I've been focusing. And if you Whatever you like, focus your attention to will like, it will grow no matter what. Yeah, hundred percent, yo, hundred percent. Um, and you know, I mean, like, you don't necessarily need to go ghost as well too, like I did. Um, you know, I mean, I had kind of you know my own re- like own reasons for going ghost. You know, definitely dealing with you know like just depression is one thing. You know, um, because you know everyone gets down. You know, life's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like I definitely say say you know like in twenty twelve is when I that's when I started rapping. You know. Um, and I was, you know, right, like, they're definitely, like, when I'm on, you know, I'm, like, writing, you know, three, four songs a week, right? But then there's definitely, like, solid, like, three months, I wrote one song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, and that, that's the type of thing that I'd say in 2016, like, I stopped that. Now it's, like, I'm always consistent with my work, you know? Yeah, just to, it's just, like, flexing that muscle. Obviously, every single one's not going to be good. I, you're, like, you're aware of that, but it's just, like, you got to keep drawing essentially to get better at drawing like it's 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 such a simple like thing when you break it down like you just got to put in your ten thousand hours Mm -hmm. and you know like and ghosting as well too is um just interest topic i think because you know it's a lot something a lot of people do something i also did because i thought it was a good marketing strategy personally you know like it's just good to go ghost no one sees anything and then bam you're doing tons of stuff you know Mm -hmm. but you know another some people can't go ghost because honestly in our society we post on social media because we need the attention you know we need the satisfaction of other people telling us we're doing good you know Mm-hmm. Um, it is really really weird that it's just like oh like how many how many likes did i get now oh what about now right what about yeah, now? yeah. <laughs> right yeah and you know, and you know it's totally something that i think you know you need to get past that i think i'm past that personally 
Um, but I understand if people aren't like that, you know, because like, yeah, like, like life's hard, you know, self-esteem isn't something that you're just born with. And, and yeah, so, you know, it's like, definitely don't be like, oh, like, you know, people would be like, oh, crap, you got to go ghost now if my shit's not perfect or ready yet. It's like, no, you can still post your stuff, you know, you, you can do anything you want as long as you keep doing is the most important thing I'd say, you know, whether you're showing everyone you're doing stuff or you're not showing everyone you're doing stuff. That's the thing I learned over the years. Just make sure you're always doing stuff, you know? Yeah, I guess that like that even is like key. even like there's like there's days now you know like I'm saying I'm always working now, but there's days where I don't write a song. There's days where I don't record a song. Maybe I'm just you know practicing guitar because that's what I feel like doing today. You know, mm-hmm. but um, it's still benefiting you in some way. Exactly, you know, so, and that's the thing I think is important to make sure you kind of diversify your skill set, especially in today's day and age. Or like you know even if you know you're a guitarist, right? Like make sure you're in your you're not just constantly focused on your next releases, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you got to take time to listen to music as well, too. I think that's part of my day, you know? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's weird now because I feel like we're also the first generation that has to deal with, like, um, since we can so easily put things out, like, you need to really have, like, a strong shell of, like, okay, like, I actually, like, I like this. May not be perfect, but, like, it's done, whatever. I'm going to grow from this. And, like, I don't really give a shit about what other people think. Totally, like there's, exactly. There's definitely like a certain aspect of, of that instead of just putting out like, like I feel like um, before this like digital age, people would only put out like, oh, here's like a very polished record. Like that's it. Yeah. That's the first thing that people saw of this person and that like mm-hmm. that's just the way it was. They didn't see them like, oh, there's, there's them learning. There's them recording, like all that stuff. Yeah, yep, exactly, exactly. Do you want to... Um, dive into to this uh ep a little bit uh yeah yeah i'm down um or you can even start with sacrifice because they're pretty um you know intertwined i'd say and this is the this is the single that you're releasing or is this part of the uh no sacrifice i decided not to release it on the ep um it's just a single coming out um by itself because i think sacrifice sounds sonically very different to the rest of the ep um i wrote it back in 2017 and like my I was listening to a lot of like Nestle back then, you know, and that's kind of when that mumble rap style was first coming up, I'd say. Okay. And um that influences a little bit in there, I'd say. And it it sounds it just sounds very different than the rest of them, so I didn't want to put it on the EP. And I'm also a big fan of um not putting songs that people have already heard before on projects. I just think people always see that and then skip it, you know? Unless it's like, you know, a lead single that you drop like just two weeks before the thing happens. Like that obviously makes sense. It's just promotion. Sure, But sure. like, that's like, I hate when like, I, you know, an artist, it's like like eight months before their thing drops, they've released like four of the songs already off the 12th thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why'd you put these four songs on there, dog? It's like, yeah, and then you them. already, now, yeah, and now you gotta go back and de- you gotta go back and delete them, you know, like the singles, you don't care. <laughs> Say like, you know. <laughs> Like, that's something I think a lot of people don't think about. It's very important, you know? It's, like, just practicality of your music. How easy it is is it for people to get it and keep for it. For sure. So, it actually has not really... It's it's basically just more promo, something, a song that you are, like, holding near and dear to. And then... Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, like, the lyrics are pretty important, I'd say, you know? Because, um, I mean, the song's Sacrifice, right? So, it's kind of, like... I'd say the song's just me talking about all the sacrifices I've made over my year, like just constantly working, you know, sacrificing, you know, relationships, sacrificing, you know, um, I've money as well too, you know, I could be trying to get like work better jobs and working longer hours and I don't give a shit about that because I'm trying to do music 24 seven. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, there's some personal value, but definitely moving is much more important to me. It's much more recently that I wrote that. Okay. What, what, and what is the EP's 
that's coming after that is called Moving. Yes, the EP is called Moving. It's a three-song EP. Um, should I even give you guys the track list? It's uh, Can't Do It Anymore, Consistent, and Moving, the final one. Right uh, on. Three, three cool songs, I think. When does um, it drop? Uh, December 10th, I think. <laughs> right on. Is, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. is there a theme through the, through the album or the, through, uh, the, through the EP? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There definitely is a theme with this EP. So when I was doing this, like my mindset... Uh, was kind of that that um, I felt that dropping this EP would be the f- because it's my first project this is one of the first times that I can really do something really personal I feel like you know like not that I think like you know my next like even two or three things are going to blow and get me like 100,000 followers or anything but you know like I am trying to you know be a successful artist in the future right and I definitely think in the future being personal is something that's going to be a lot harder you know you don't want to reveal too much of your personal life and I also thought that, you know, a lot of the people that are going to be seeing this EP are going to be people that personally know me, you know, people that are, would be actually personally invested in finding out things about my life, you know? So I really took this um, time to make something that I really wanted to listen to, which is different than maybe my usual philosophy where, where I usually think you need to make music that the listener wants to listen to. But this this EP is definitely all about me and just about me telling you know stories that i think um or you know a story about my life that people maybe didn't know you know Mm -hmm. what does it sound like if you were if you're trying to to sum it up Hmm. like these stories that you're saying like i'm 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 following along i get that it's like hip-hop and you're rapping but uh even further than that if i were to like kind of describe like sonically what it sounds like you know every song sounds rushed i think you know kind in a way like every song, it, it sound, kind of sounds like a demo, and that's something I kind of did deliberately. You know, I wanted something that sounds very bare bones. It's a, uh, I, I think everything's still hot, still bangs, but it's a very bare bones. So it is more about the stories. Like it's more about, hey, listen, listen to these things. Definitely, you know, the lyrics are definitely um, very important in this thing. I'd say. Where did the name come from? Um, yeah, so the name "Moving" is kind of just coming from me taking a reflection back on my life and seeing what's the most important thing that honestly shaped my life and kind of who I am right now, you know? Like some people might say, you know, skateboarding is the biggest thing that shaped their life, you know? And that's a very important thing for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, even dancing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I chose moving, you know? It's kind of a, a twist, a double entendre because um, the one thing it, it can mean is I have Tourette's syndrome, which is not something a lot of people know, or like even my close friends don't even realize that I have that. Um, Crazy. Which, uh, if some people don't know what Tourette's syndrome is, it's not the Tourette's guy. Whenever uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second oh he's, God. yeah, right. You're waiting for me to say fuck, fuck, shit, shit. <laughs> Dude, um, shout out to that viral video. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so um, what Tourette's is, though, is it literally just means um, a tick. And a tick can, is any involuntary movement or action or sound. So, like, 95% of the people that have Tourette's have it like how I have it, and they just have to, like, clear their throat all the time. They have to crack their bones all the time. They have to stretch something. They're, they might have to go, like, say some type of noise, like, ah, um, and then you have the 5% of people that have um, conditions called copapraxia and copapralia, which is the swearing version of Tourette's. Weird. So that is a thing. Like, that's fully oh, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it definitely is a thing. It's a very rare um, condition, though, and it's totally like no one has any idea what, what causes it. There's no cure for it. There's just therapy. <laughs> 
so like legit your thing is like you have to kind of keep constantly moving is that pretty much pretty much yeah like i um and you'll notice it now next time you'll chill with me like i'm always cracking my neck i'm always cracking my ankles my wrist my leg i always have to scratch myself as well too like every three seconds i'm moving i'm constantly moving you know that's crazy um it it is crazy because it's the type of thing that i never um really noticed until my entire life but now getting into um my 20s it's actually starting to affect me a little bit in that it's not really a major at all um but there's so um what if really affects my Tourette's is stress when I get more stressed out I have more ticks you know very common thing mm-hmm. I remember like six months ago or like a year ago actually I was starting to get really stressed I guess and I was having just ticks like all the time and I was having them so often that like my wrist were and my knuckles were in pain because I was cracking my knuckles like literally 200 400 times a day that's insane you know right like do you know do you know that you're doing it or is it kind of like you have no idea what's going on both both of them right like i have like i would say like 80 percent of my ticks i don't even notice them happen uh now that we're talking about it you uh, you can't see i'm doing a bunch now and i notice obviously (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's it's definitely uh and it's kind of crazy because well, then when I when I started having the pain a little bit, like it was lasting for like two months or so, and it, it happened randomly now. Um, when I when I get stressed, I started kind of. It was the first time in my life I'd ever thought about what life would be like without Tourette's, you know. And not even the pain, but just like like whenever I'm lying down in bed, like I'm constantly fidgeting. When I'm like cuddling with a girl, yo, they're always like, Luke, can you fucking stop moving, yo? Like I'm trying <laughs> to sleep, dog, and I'm just like, sorry, yo, I'm like trying to sleep too, dog, and like. It's the reason why I have trouble sleeping as well, you know? Oh, my um, gosh. So, so th- that, I would say, though, is kind of the personal double entendre meeting that I honestly don't care if anyone gets that. Like, that was just kind of a jokes thing I kind of did for myself, to be honest. Yeah, yeah uh, that, that runs so deep. And, and I, I do reference that um, a little bit in the thing. So you will catch that if you really analyze the lyrics. You will see it. But the main point of moving actually isn't necessarily my Tourette's because my Tourette's, I wouldn't say, has shaped my life. Most people don't even know I have it. Uh, The reason I went with moving is because um, my parents separated when I was in uh, grade five and after and even before then, I mean, we were moving houses a little bit from, I guess, age four to age 10. I lived in the same house. Um, But then and then from being 10 to 17, I was constantly moving houses and constantly changing schools, you know, Mm -hmm. and when I got out of high school. I then started looking at my friend groups and all my friends, really, and just kind of like seeing that I didn't have a very like strong central like friend group, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I have like these like 10 or five friends, you know, and like we all always go out and do that. You know, it's like I have friends, but it's like these two dudes here, these three dudes here, this one guy there, you know. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, and, that'll, that'll and, definitely and, affect you. And the reason why, you know, I started realizing my friend group is different is because I've been moving so much, you know. Um, 100%, 100%. You know, and it's definitely a thing I didn't realize until I was honestly like 22, you know, like 20 or so, 22. It's kind of an just an interesting thing that when I think about, you know, like I don't have a lot of, you know, like really, really close friends. Um, I, I definitely have, you know, like I got Braven, I got my boy Steven, you know, like I got like day ones, you know, shit. Like I'm good, don't worry guys. Um, but definitely like I ha- like when I look at my Instagram story, who watches my stories, yo, mm-hmm. it's like these like, 
10 people from this one French school. It's these 10 people from this one French school. It's like these three people from a dance deal. It's just tons of people that have no idea who any of them are, you know, and like these little pockets. It's Yeah, it's a more diverse web. Exactly, you know, so I don't know. I'm hoping I can use that to my advantage because it's a diverse web. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. And But then there's also been disadvantages to that too, you know, because I guess maybe say if I wanted, like if I were to host a show, I might have trouble um, making sure I can get tons of people to come because one thing that really helps people come to a show is when they know that all of their friends are going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, on them. Fuck it. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm not blaming anyone, bro. I'm just, I look at this all as a business strategic wise, right? Um, like, I, I like, you know, like, totally. Like, if you, if I were to say, hey, bro, I got a show and it's like 200 people from Piners that you know, you'd be more inclo- inclined to go to that show than if I had a show that it was like 200 people from my French schools I know, right? That's you know, it's, it's just natural, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it was just kind of me looking at my life, looking at, you know, where I am right now, how I got here, and what I'm going to do next. Yeah, moving just kind of I felt was something that it kind of encompassed that idea of, you know, where I'm going and where I'm going next. I'm moving, you know, same as always. Yeah, that's cool. I, li- I like that it has, like, multiple meanings. I think that's really sick. Thanks, yo, thanks. And that is three songs. Yeah, three songs in december 10th is that what you said yes yes on all streaming platforms every single streaming platform all of them deezer radio uh <laughs> you know apple music everything yo um and actually like i'd say like this ep moving it actually didn't even start off like this my original concept was going to be locals like, that's what i wanted to call it and i wanted to kind of just make an ep dedicated to you know just like local startups you know and just like doing shit local and not worrying about the international mindset you know Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I kind of scrapped that idea just because I wanted to do it bigger and better also because uh, the main song that I was doing called Locals when I went to record it I wasn't satisfied with the song it was one I scrapped and I think I scrapped probably like five or six songs before I brought this down to a three track EP damn that's what I'm saying you know that's like that's my process for sure you know I'm a very picky person with my music um, I still don't think like you know like like my EP moving, I think it's good for sure, but it's definitely not, you know, something that's going to get played on like radio. You know, I know, I know it's not that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you proud of it though? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely proud of it. I think I did a good, good work on there. And, uh, my engineer, he did some work on the beats and just killed it. Like the first song, I think everyone's going to like a lot. Good, man. That's sick. I mean, realistically in the end, that's all that matters, right? Like if you can keep producing music for you, I think you'll go further in the long run if you're like keeping yourself happy because you'll just continually want to do it rather than being like, oh, fuck, like nobody really listened to that. And like, uh, I didn't get played on the radio like this and that. I don't think that's really at this, at least at this point, like, I don't think that needs to be anybody's goal in the in the industry anymore. Exactly. And that's honestly a huge reason why I'm, I'm putting out music this year is because that's what I decided really was that I wanted to make music just entirely, you know, like, I'm still making music for the listener, but I want to make sure that I'm not doing any music where I'm following trends or stuff, you know, or I'm just making this because it's like, oh, this is popping right now or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, like, you know, or like, I'm never writing, like, I would never write a lyric like, oh, I just fuck on my bitch or whatever. Like, I got this jewelry, <laughs> you know, like, I would never write something that bad. Um, <laughs> but but there definitely were times, you know, where I would, I would still write something without a lot of substance, you know? And, like, I would just be like, ah, whatever about the substance because, you know, people like the flow and they just want the rhyme. But now I'm like, I'm taking music as critical as I listen to it, you know? 
which cool. is crazy that I ever would listen to music and think, oh, well, other, like, I think it's bad, but I know other people don't think it's bad, which is like, yeah, I'm right sometimes, but still, like, don't do that. <laughs> it's a trip, yeah. It, it, <laughs> you know? Crazy. I mean, good thing that you're picky. I feel like uh, you know what you like. I'm stoked to, to listen to the uh, to the EP for sure, because it sounds like you, you've put a lot of, like, thought behind it, and it sounds like you put a lot of thought behind, like, everything you're doing so far. Thanks. Definitely. It's definitely what I try to do. What? Where can people find you on online right now? Uh, you could find me like on Instagram or on Twitter at Luke Rayome. Or Rayome is spelled R E A U M E. Um, and yeah, write that on Apple Music or Spotify as well too when my music comes out. Boom. So you're just using your name, um, oh, yeah. artist name? Yep. Yep. Straight. My name is my artist name. Sick. Um, and December 10th, do you want to leave us maybe with like a favorite bar that you wrote for in Oof. any of the songs on Moody? Or is that like so Yeah, yeah nah, tough? nah, I got you, I got you, <laughs> yo. All right, so I'll give, give you two because this is my friend's favorite bar. Um, Braven, he loves my bar where I say, um, there's uh, it's a two-part bar, so I got I can't just spit the one bar, sorry. Yeah, 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 um, no worries. Um, You'll go nowhere like Tim Horton lines. Gotta protect my back like a porcupine. Uh, that's Braven's favorite bar. My favorite bar that I that I wrote is just um, can't see my moves like a poltergeist. Damn. Because you know what? Like a poltergeist, that's a ghost that moves shit that you can't see, right? Like, that's actually nuts. Yo, you can't see my moves. Like, you don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. That, that's oh, my man. favorite bars. So if you guys liked it, go check out my music. December 3rd, yeah. Sacrifice, and December 10th, Moving EP's coming out. If that doesn't hype you up, I don't know what what Right? Was. Yo, goofballs. <laughs> Yo, you're straight silly. No, I just can't. And bitch, I really was hot. Said I'm always going out. Killing dry. Having drop. Goddamn, man. Like I got it on lot. Like I got it and start. Ain't no way I can't. I was thinking to myself, I can't do this anymore Fucking with these stupid hoes, can't do it anymore I can't do this anymore, I can't do it anymore Staying down with these things, can't do it anymore I can't do it anymore, but the team is needing more I'ma double up the score, I'ma do it up for sure When I'm looking at the game, they don't do it anymore How I do it, that's for sure, I'ma do it or something, yeah that was a sample from Luke's new EP that drops on December 10th. So if you're just getting into that tune, um, yeah, look out for it when it comes out. Um, thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you in the next episode.